This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Philadelphia Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo! It is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. Jack, we get to be happy again. Did you wake up, Zoe, with that yell it is? I'm worried I did. Did you wake up I, the uh, Delaware Valley? I, I I took it. I, I I decided. I weighed the pros and cons of the yo. I figured, you know what? The Phillies are back. The yo has to be back too, Jack. It, totally it just agreed. is what it is, man. Totally agreed. The last few yo it is were so depressing. Um, Very depressing. And they are they are freaking back. I haven't stopped smiling since since the Segura ball left. Seeing how happy they were. Uh, my bamboo plant is flourishing. <laughs> you got it immediately. You jumped right on the bamboo bandwagon. Listen, if you're not first to it, you're last, buddy. We'll, we'll you'll learn one day. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the tweet where Jack says must protect at all costs <laughs> the, the freaking bamboo plant in the front seat. Oh my god! Like uh, I texted him, I'm like, you didn't really get a bamboo plant, did you? The, ba- the bamboo plant is in the, the the studio right now, making sure that we have a good podcast. That's right, uh, Brad. We're going Brad. It's your plant. Yeah, I don't care what they want to call. It. We named it Boo, but I like the name Brad. I like the name Brad too. Shout out to Brad Miller for the who who would have thought the Brad Miller trade was there or the Brad Miller signing was the move that would turn the season around. Jack. Me, me. <laughs> I, I literally I try to tell everyone that Brad Miller is actually good, and uh, I was laughed at, I was scoffed at. Uh, you listen, you don't have a 994 OPS in AAA by mistake. You don't get picked up by the Indians, Brewers, Rays, Dodgers, Yankees, and now the Phillies. All very smart teams. <laughs> I what? like that. I like the way you you end that with a question mark there. What? That's that good work, Clintac. See, you did. Did you know that that Brad Miller was more important off the field than on it? Did you see that coming, Jack, or or you know you just trusted? I did not know that Brad Miller was a culture changer, but <laughs> I am totally here for Brad Miller, the culture changer. Bambooino, I love it. Bamboo um, Brad, baby. It's great. It's great. I uh, I can't believe they won today's game. Uh, I, I can't believe they. The first walk off, you kind of felt it coming down for nothing, but they battle back and and you know they tie it earlier, in the bottom of the ninth against Edwin Diaz. Who, good thing they gave up that uh, you know, like top twenty prospect guy for him. That was smart. Good job. Well, yeah, That's, Mike Mike Trout 2.0. They gave it up for, yeah, for Edwin why, Diaz. Why, why wouldn't you? you got, I mean, you got to do it. But I, I did not, Jack, I didn't expect it, man. They That was awesome. No walk-offs all season. They do it back-to-back games. Dude, they're down, they're down in four straight games. We haven't seen the Phillies fight like that in the Gabe Kapler era. That's how that's what it was. Like in the Gabe Kapler era, we have not seen this Phillies team. Like we would me and you would get frustrated when they would go down. It would be like, "Oh, well, this game's over." You know, when they game's go down, over. when they go over. down by two Listen, listen. How about this, James? Monday night in the Eflin start, they go down they go down two nothing automatically coming off of so coming off of and the Marlins two, sweep two in a row they went down two nothing automatically well, I know but Monday night like you come off the Marlins sweep it, everyone's feeling down everyone's a manager fired everyone's it's a great lo- point it's a great their, point to go down mind. early there that felt bad and then jump right back into it and like listen I'm just saying that if this team actually gave up on on Gabe Kapler which now we know is completely false they very roll unfold. they, they yeah, roll over and die. Yeah, I look, I um that's the thing is is throughout the whole throughout the first two games of the series and even a little bit through game 3, while I was excited about it, I'm also in the back of my head just saying 
It's the Mets. They're the biggest dumpster fire in the uh, sport right don't now. Don't be that but, guy. No, I'm not. I'm getting there. Let me get there, Jack. <laughs> don't jump on me yet. Jeez. I'm saying I was that guy definitely through the first two games. And, I, and then game three, I'm starting to change. But after, again, what they did in game four and the combination of three and four, the it, it wasn't. For me, it almost doesn't matter who they're playing. It's the way they won those games. It's the resiliency that they showed. It's what you talked about, the being down and it just not being over. Down 4 nothing in the 6th or whatever, and then 4-1 in, in the 7th in game 3, and then down 3-1 in the ninth. especially after you're up one nothing, You're trying to secure that NOLA, you know, and we'll dive through the whole breakdown of, of the game and all that. The, the brilliant NOLA start trying to secure the win and then to go down 3-1 like that and battle back in the in the bottom of the ninth. It just, it, it didn't matter to me who they were playing by the end of it because it felt like special wins. It felt like the type of wins that theoretically can jumpstart a team. They felt like the type of wins that a, a team that had never learned how to win together needed to do in order to learn how to win together. And like, I don't care that the, like the bamboo or whatever. Like, sometimes you need a stupid thing like that to get you going. And if you just say, "Hey, but I believe in the plant" or whatever, like Nola said after the game today, like yep. if you just put your blind faith behind something, like it, it turns, it, it works out. Like it, it, it is, it is a rallying cry for this entire team. Listen, the twenty fourteen Bloomsburg Hustle. Set a school record, and our stupid, <laughs> our stupid little sniper thing was the only reason why. Like, like these are the kind of things, and the 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 curveball machine was cute, but like four, like four players use the curveball machine. That's not a, that's not a culture changer. The bamboo plant is something that these guys can believe in, and they like it, and and just say and like put just put their faith behind it. Like that's the dumb thing about baseball. Like it's 162 games, you have to find a way to keep it light sometimes. And if you need a bamboo plant to do that, like that's that's what's gonna work for this team this feels like this feels like the dog mass thing all over it again. feels like the dog mass jack it, it really feels does feels like yes it's it's the dog mass and i'm with you too like we talk all the time about obviously the human side of things and also just the importance of confidence in baseball about going out there and being confident and expecting to succeed and through the past three weeks prior to this series you know seven straight losses 11 of 13 16 and 22 that whole thing like it just felt like this team had no confidence. They didn't believe they were going to go out and win. And this type of series, and whether it's the bamboo, whether it's the walk-off wins, whether it's the four straight, whatever it is, it felt like, like you kind of said, like they. I feel like they believe they can win these types of games now. And I don't know if they believed that before. Well, the Mets are the right team to do that against. Like, uh, uh, for sure. But I, I just think that now, now they ha- now they almost fool themselves and the think they could do this whenever, which is a good thing. Like it's a and good. It can carry over too. I mean, this is the type of thing where they can take this confidence and and run with it now. Hopefully. Hey man, the 08, the 08 team led Major League Baseball and comeback wins. Like you have to learn how to come from behind and win games. Like that's what makes teams special. That's what that's what builds momentum for these teams. Like the Phillies for a year and a half under Gabe Kapler, it, it never really felt like uh, they would come back in these games and have moments and have springboard moments. But this whole Met series, like why why we're more excited? Why everyone? Why every Phillies fan out? there why so many people are tweeting at us saying we need a highest podcast right now <laughs> is because it's because we feel this like you don't like i i feel it i just feel oh, like too. i feel something special is brewing and the fact that it happened <laughs> four days four days of the marlin series just happened like it just happened four days ago and in, in that short amount of time it's just it's crazy it is crazy how it's baseball absurd. season works it's absurd. It, it it is crazy that in the span, especially again, like you know, we weren't talking about firing Kapler, but we were talking about firing other people. We were talking about Kapler if it continued being on the hot seat. We talked about the potential for the clubhouse to fall apart, and literally in four games, the span of four games. Every single person in this city has a completely different perspective on this team. It. it I, like it's crazy, Jack. We talked about how Michael Island was even around anymore. Now it's oh, thriving man. again. Greatest comeback since what? Michael Island is literally rose from the bottom of the sea. It said hi to Atlantis and then it came back up. It said sorry, gotta go. He said Michael Island. Four days. Let's go. Michael Island said, "I will not go down like the Titanic." <laughs> I can't believe it. Who who the who the thunk it, Jack? I mean, here's the thing. 
the guy is is hitting fastballs that are up and over the plate. Like that's what he that's what he's doing. Like thank God he's doing it. Like I'm glad they're winning, but like that's just not sustainable. Like there's, yeah. it was the exact same thing he was doing in in April when he was on that insane streak. Yeah, look, we're, we are not going to fall into the Michael thing, but look, if Michael wants to give us another hot three weeks or a month, yes, please. I'd be, I'd be very cool with that. Big stretch coming up too. We'll that you know we'll look ahead, but they have nine straight on the road against division opponents before the All Star break. So I can go for a little Michael hot streak, and you know then he can suck again, and maybe they could trade for somebody. I know you bring up Boom in September. Hot streak, yeah, Boom cruising up. All right, well Jack, let's look at it like game by game really quickly before we do though. Check out our Twitters, our pin tweets. Uh, High hopes night. August 17th, coming out with us. This team is fun again, Jack. We were worried. We were, a week ago, we were talking about high hopes night. We're like, oh, God, please don't let the season fall apart. And now there's such excitement. I think by the time the Padres come to town on August 17th, it's going to be a really fun series, fun baseball, Machado, are, Harper, all that stuff. So, Are we going to get uh, white rally towels? With us. Are we going to what? Are there going to be rally towels? Of course there's going to be well, rally towels. There's, ra- there's not rally towels until September, I'm pretty sure. Well, we're going to make it happen, Jack. We'll bring our own rally towels. That's right. I'll rip my high hope shirt off and swing it over my head if I need to. Wow, that's that's getting a little crazy, buddy. Like, what, yeah, well, How many know, blueberry you know ales? How many blueberry you know ales are going to be in that one? <laughs> all right. Please come hang out with us. It's going to be super fun. Uh, we want to meet you all. We love High Hopes Nation. So uh, both of our pinned tweets have the link August 17th. I think it's what, like 28 bucks or something like that, Jack? 30, for, 30, for, for, $33. 33 bucks, super cheap. So, um, and, and really good seats. It'll be awesome. We'll have fun. We're going to have some other uh, giveaways, fun stuff going on. The great Cindy Webster's helping us out. It's going to be awesome. All right, Fritz, uh, let's dive into the series. Uh, Monday, game one, as we like to say here 13 runs, Jack. After the Marlins series, no less, the bats go ice cold. Uh, it was nice to see them go off a little bit on a hot summer night in Philly. I feel like we're going to see more of these as the summer wears on. Yeah, I mean, with, with how the balls are now, like, um, it's like summer in Philly with the Philly humidity, which the Philly humidity was uh, very much out. Like, it was crazy. It was kicking. It was kicking, dude. Like freaking. Like it was. It was. Honestly, I love home runs and whatever, but I just felt like I was watching a cheapened version of baseball. Like the the, wow. fir- the first two games of the series. I really did. Wow. It was, so it was ridiculous. Statement. No, it's get, I, I agree with you. Look, that Diamondbacks game, we've seen a few games like that already here where it just does – it feels silly. Like I, I'm fine with nights where the ball carry. It's another thing where it's like a pop out to left field and it carries over the fence and it's just like what's the point here? Yeah, no, and it was it was ridiculous, and it feels like they're just hitting golf balls. Um, and there was a whole thing that came out this week from the athletic of like how the balls are rounder and the seams are are cut in half from what they were last year. So like they're just basically <laughs> basically throwing golf balls. It was crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean Monday Monday was obviously a great win. All the offense. Uh, Zach Eflin was was pretty disappointing. Um, but I'm gonna chalk that a lot up to how the weather was and like his just his his fastball location was just way off and then once once he starts panicking he starts going to a slider more and more and when he goes to a slider more and more that's usually never a good thing but the the game on monday did bring us the first time uh with scott kingery in the leadoff role and james like this lineup when i the first time i saw it with kingery in the leadoff spot i was like that feels right like it just it, it let the whole lineup just kind of fall into place. Scott Kingery the leadoff. Um, he didn't have a great game last night. Got the hit today. Like it just looks it just looks better with Scott Kingery leading off ball games. Yeah, you would almost think that Kapler listened to the High Hopes pod for Monday because it was literally that night. Like we finished recording and then it was like two hours later the lineup comes out and Kingery's in the leadoff spot and we're like, huh, interesting. Yeah, we appreciate it. Yeah, well, okay, look, we don't care, Gabe. We're just trying to help out, man. Our ideas are your ideas, so, you know, all good. And uh, Kingery, the leadoff homer the next game, and even though he didn't do anything in the walk-off one, let's call it, did have that big strikeout getting to first base contributing. That big, didn't matter. Big strikeout. Uh, like, it was a huge strikeout. Where'd you go, Scotty? <laughs> and I'm with you. It's just he he had to spark at the top of the lineup that no one else on the current roster has done like we haven't seen anyone else the other people they put up there cesar segura harper none of those guys have and they've obviously obviously cesar really struggled up there 
Um, Segura did not hit well in the leadoff spot, and Harper is fine up there, but um, Kingery, he just gives you a spark that the other guys don't. He's quick. He's um, can give you pop at the top. He's going to go out and really try and jump on pitches. So uh, I'm with you. I, 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 no-brainer. I, I think, look, I think the lineup we've seen the last four games, at least for right now, you know, obviously Knapp was in, uh, in game four instead of Ramuto. We'll see that stuff. But I think otherwise – just keep the same lineup, right? Uh, there's no reason to to tinker at the moment. No, I mean until until Mike Allen inevitably you know cools off. <laughs> yes, yes. So yes. so Truth. yeah, but the the first I will say the first six is really really solid for the rest of the season. Like Kingery, Segura, Harper, Hoskins, Drill, Muto, Bruce, and then Cesar yeah. Cesar right after him. Like I just think that's a good solid lineup. I agree with you. I agree with you. And Jay Jay Bruce, man, he just continues to. What a what a what a trade to trade for that guy like a week before like a few days excuse me like a few days before McCutcheon goes down. Dude, the Mets really, the Mets are paying him a, a million and a half right now. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's, are they really? The Mets are in on that. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, that's so great. Of course, from coming over and he, oh, he walks awesome. him off, baby. Walks like, him off. That is so great. It is. Baseball. It is. Baseball's it is, the best. It's good to see uh, uh, Bruce get back on track a little bit because he was kind of yes. going into the tank. Uh, I was worried he was getting mailed. Uh, he is not getting mailed. <laughs> we are all good. Um, so yeah, Jay Bruce, um, a- another big series. Like they wouldn't be where they are without Jay Bruce at this point. I mean, that's a, a-, a fair statement to say. Uh, oh my God! Yeah. yeah, I think it's an understatement. Uh, he has been massive for this team, and it also seems like he has. And I don't think anyone could have come in in that spot and and been what McCutcheon is from the veteran leadership type of perspective, but. It seems like Bruce has kind of hopped into at least some sort of role there. Like he does seem to be there when when needed to talk to the media. It seems like he talks a lot about being that type of guy, that type of culture guy. I, look, that's awesome too, man. I mean, he's been great on the field, but if you're going to add a little bit from that perspective too, I think that's just a huge win. Well, that's what he did for those Indian for that Indians team that won what sixteen straight. Yeah, I think it might have been more than it that. It might have been more than that, but that's what he did for that Indians team. I remember he had the big walk-off for them. He might have gotten to like 21 or 22 or somewhere in that range. It was crazy. Yeah, and he he played that same kind of role. Obviously, he's playing more here because of the McCutcheon injury, but he's a guy who's been on winning teams before, um, and he, he is coming into locker rooms, and he's been moved around. I think this is, what, his fourth team in four, in four years? Like He moves around yeah. a lot, um, and he, you, you kind of just have to be a good teammate if you want to assimilate yourself into that culture. And he does seem like he's happy to be somewhere where he has a chance to win, which is awesome. And it makes sense. He hasn't gotten that many opportunities in his career to be parts of playoff chases. It seems like he's excited to be a part of that. Obviously, the whole thing with Kapler, you know, let me play. I, I promise, you know, the whole like thing. So um, it, I, I think very with you on James. Yeah, I mean, All right. we'll, for, we'll forgive him for ruining the holiday. Should have been perfect game. I mean, it's it's okay. Yeah, luckily Roy got another, so it all worked out. Well, no, I mean, like he, he, it was a, it was a, it was a strike in that, in the, he, he was the only one that walked. In oh, that you're whole, talking about in the no hitter, in yeah. the no hitter. Yeah, it should have been course, a perfect game. Of course, it should have been yes. a perfect game. It's a good point, actually. Yeah, now I, 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 I've never once thought about that. Now, I was Jay, so enthralled with the no hitter in the playoffs. I never once thought it should have been a perfect game. But you're right about that. And but he did gift, he did gift us uh, the series basically with the losing the ball in the light. So as long as Jay Bruce is not in right field, I feel good. Feel good about Jay Bruce in left field. He's been stalking left field, man. He's calling off uh, Kingery in center. He's like ranging. It's been pretty fun. All right. Uh, game two, Tuesday. Kaffer gets tossed again, Jack. Uh. Did so in the in the in the history of the High Hopes pod, Gabe Kapler had never been thrown out of a game, and it's happened in each of the last two pods we've done. How about that? Jack? And I absolutely love it. I I, I just th- I think I think it endears him to this city. I, I I know a lot of people think that's BS, but listen, not everyone who follows the Phillies is the great High Hopes listeners. There are people who are, are blue collar and want to see their manager fight for them. And I I think when these fans and these te- and really the fans whatever doesn't really matter but but think about the guys in that locker room and and Scott Kingery gets a ball up to the face after their 82 year old pitching coach goes out there and tells him to throw at Scott Kingery he gets it up in the face and Gabe Kapler goes out and gets rung up and like and I know it's Joe West and whatever but Gabe Kapler well, he, he did actually break the rules which is fine and that's why he got thrown out but if you're if you're in that locker room and you see 
Scott Kingery get thrown at the head after Phil Regan goes out there. Uh, if you could show a little bit of hustle, that'd be great. I understand you're 82, but let's get out to the mound. <laughs> um, um, I, I just, I, I, I think that they say, man, Caps got our back. And really, even though they lost the the Marlins series and it was seven straight or six straight or whatever, like seven, seven straight. I know. I, I try to black it out, James. Um, I, I'm going <laughs> off of memory, but like. I think I think this streak actually endeared himself to the players a bit more. I mean, I think they saw how much crap he was getting in the media. They had the players only meeting after the Sunday game. They they see him get thrown out twice and they see that he will always have their back and and really I think that the the players are resp- I know you I know you you, saw, you thought they weren't the message wasn't getting through last week, but it looks like the message is, is getting through and they they fought for for Gabe this week. No, look, uh, they definitely did. Whether they fought for themselves or for Gabe or whatever, they definitely fought. And um, Phil Riga, by the way, looks every bit of 82 years old. It is unbelievable to see someone trot out to the man at that age. But uh, I'm with you. Look, and and I think getting tossed, I, I totally agree with you. I think he was very purposefully getting tossed in the Marlins series. I thought that was 100%. I think we're like we talked about, like on purpose, trying to get him going i don't think he meant to get tossed in this one but then once he was tossed he just let loose which i loved joe west is the worst by the way like screw that guy the all that guy does is make it about himself uh but gabe too i mean he knew gabe knew no i know i know i'm not talking about ejecting game i'm talking like first and foremost to how about i don't know having a consistent strike zone that would be something that would be cool i don't know i guess that might be nice I'm playing umpire, but uh, Joe West is the worst. We don't need to get an old Joe West thing, but like, just look up some of the stories about Joe West and and the things that he's done and all that. He is very much about Joe West, but yes, he, he gave technically broke a rule, got jacked, and I, I like that he fought hard after that and kind of like leaned into it. Um, another big Franco homer in this one. Arietta sucks, Jack. <laughs> Can we just go there? Jake Arrieta sucks, man. Last, I saw Corey Simon put out the tweet. I think his last 11 starts, he's got a 5-2-3 RA. Batters are batting like 290-something off him. He's really not fun to watch, Jack. Uh, he is not missing any barrels. Like, he is he is Jakey Barrel Finder right now. It is, <laughs> it is crazy, man. He's not making anyone miss at all. Like, they're right on everything. He is absolutely stealing money from this Phillies team. I cannot believe the, the contract they're paying him given the the performance we've gotten back and like he looks like a guy that just doesn't have answers. Like you watch him in the post game, you watch him on the mound and it he's definitely healthy. He definitely feels like he can take the ball every fifth day, but it's like it's like I got I have nothing. I don't know what's going on. I can't figure it out. It's a he's a guy that used to be great that just ha, just doesn't have it anymore. That's what he is. And honestly, if they can just get mm, six innings, four runs from Jake Arrieta, like that's a win in my book. Oh my god, that's that's great. Are you kidding me? I'll take six innings, four runs, anytime. He, six innings, five runs last time. He got the win. Like that was that's I feel like the the best generally six innings, three runs. Like you'll see a lot of those starts and. He's just cooked. He just looks cooked. And and we tried to fight it. We tried to believe. But I think we have enough of a sample size here as a Philadelphia Philly to just say that the old Jake Arrieta or even the Jake Arrieta from a couple years ago is not coming back. Um, anything else from uh, game two here, Jack, before we move on to the, the walk-offs? Um, Juan Acasio has taken down a bunch of eighth innings recently. Uh, Dude, again, again today, too. He's like a high-leverage Juan. Uh, it was not, you know, I don't love it. No, I hate it. Are you kidding me? Every time he steps in there, it drives me crazy. But he did well. Like, shouts. He did well, especially today. Like, that was a lockdown eighth. Yeah, well, Tuesday night, he did have the Jeffrey Mayer incident. That- <laughs> the Jeffrey Mayer incident. Thank you for bringing that up. I, I hope everyone else was thinking about Jeffrey Mayer in that moment. And hey, guess what? The kid actually, uh, ultimately, that was the right thing to do. It ended up helping the Phillies potentially. Who knows how that ball caroms? That could have been a triple, could have scored a run. Like, you don't know what happens there. It ended up being a ground rule double actually really helped the Phillies there. So, way to go, kid. Yeah, and uh, I mean, Nicasio, I know, isn't great, but you know he's going to throw strikes at least, and that's why he's in the game, which is which Yes, is great. and it's him or Edgar Garcia or J.D. Hammer, which is hilarious that I'm saying that because the two winners of the last two games were Edgar Garcia and J.D. Hammer. But... Man, 
It's a mash unit. When you see Juan Acasio coming for the eighth, when I saw Edgar Garcia, and let's move on to game three with this, when I saw Edgar Garcia coming in the 10th inning, I, I was speechless, Jack. I was like, how is it a 10th inning of an important baseball game in June and that guy's pitching? How? And he won the game. Props. But, man, this bullpen is an issue right now. Well, it's an, issue. It, it's an issue because you think it's going to fall apart, but they did their job this series. And, like, they did. They're they getting, did. They're I getting, mean, other than Hector Neris in game three, which, you know, you can't blame him, three straight outings. And I don't blame game for putting him in there. You know, you don't have anybody else. But, uh, no, I'm, they did great. The, the pen did great. But it's certainly – you can't tell me that you feel good anytime any of these guys come into a game. Oh, come on, man. Garcia's taking down innings. I feel, <laughs> I feel great. <laughs> I mean, Hammer, actually, if you want to fight for one, J.D. Hammer's numbers are actually not that bad. I mean, peripherals are, are pretty much that bad. He's got like eight strikeouts and six walks and like 12 innings or whatever it is. It's not great, but he's got like a mid-three ERA. I mean, Edgar Garcia has been horrendous. The fact, the, that the, the fact that they're getting this kind of production out of the talent they have back there is a testament to the game planning, I think, from Chris Young uh, and that coaching staff. Like, I don't think Chris Young is the best... Um, like diagnosing problems with pitchers, uh, uh, pitching coach, but I think he's very good at being detailed and knowing where hitters' hot zones are and cold zones, and giving these guys and making and making sure the catchers are prepared for games uh, and making sure these guys are ready for any situation um, they have out there, which I think should just lead me directly into to Nick Pavetta. Can we can we get? It was, it was literally yeah. about to be my next question. Literally, <laughs> this freaking guy is. It, it, I was gonna do a whole we buried the lead thing. Yeah. He he just he pisses he just pisses me off so much it is Ow. it is infu- it is infuriating like how do you how do you come back from the minor leagues and like did you not watch yourself the first three starts you had when you came back when you were on the mound you were aggressive you were working quickly and you were getting the ball and you were firing and you look like like don't f with me right now that's what, like Nick Pavetta had that feel about him he had a feel of a guy that was like you know what. F it, I'm gonna go out there and dominate everyone at any time, whenever I want. And now this freaking guy is back to nibbling all around the strike zone, and it looks like the, he looks like the guy that got sent down. Like his overall numbers on uh, in game three were fine. Like like it was it wasn't great for your fourth or fifth starter. But when you have the stuff that guy has, and you watch him, and you saw how things got squared up all night long against them. It, it, it was, it was, it's totally embarrassing. And then he freaks out on the mound like a little child. Which That was my biggest which issue. Is, I mean, he acted like a petulant child. It's very Fritz of him. I mean, this is why, <laughs> this is why. It I, is very Fritz of him. It's why I love the guy. But like, man, would you just man up and figure out, figure it out. Just figure it out. Just figure it out. Like, just figure it out. It's not this hard. Like, you, it, it is all in there. It is all mental. Look at what you did against the Dodgers. Like, that's that's what you can do. And, like, it just blows my mind how you can I, – I don't understand how you see it. There is a clear path, and you just shy away from it. Like, you just don't grab it and go. Like, I, you said that you were never going to go back down to Lehigh Valley. You said you're motivated. You're all humble, and you're driving 50 miles a day because you're, you're not going to stay in Lehigh Valley. You're going to be back in Philadelphia in no time. And you come back, and you're squandering it again, and you're making me look really bad. And I just am furious. I am furious with where we're at with Pavetta. This is what we call tough love right here. Sometimes you got to do it to the ones you love, James. Yeah, I mean, you'll learn this. Nick, I hope, you, I hope you heard that. I mean, I, I know he's listening. So, Nick, man, I, listen to what you're doing to Jack. You'll learn this. Good. You'll learn this with Zoe one day. Tough love is important. <laughs> <laughs> that tough love. I like it. When she's, like when, it. She, when she's getting shelled in softball games, you're going to need to have, <laughs> we're going to have one of these rants on a podcast about her softball team. And uh, yes. she'll get, she'll get yes. the message. Yes, yes. I'm going to dress her down. It'll be it'll be great. I'll curse at her. It'll be good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, I think it's all fair. I, the, uh, uh, not trusting the stuff drives us crazy and all that, but the way he acted like a child was really a bad look for him because you can excuse being a little off with the stuff and all that, but not acting like a man out there, especially when he's had so many issues with this, so much between the head stuff, and that's a knock on him, and he tears apart the clubhouse or whatever when he gets sent down and all that type of stuff. Like, like man the hell up. Like, man up. You're, you're a major league pitcher. 
So I, I, uh, I'm really with you there. Anything else uh, from the walk-off, uh, the first walk-off, game three? I, by the way, I think uh, shout-out to uh, – we read the name on the pod when we did originally, but again – Shout out to uh, to the person who suggested the game one, game two, game three thing. It's been a godsend for it's us. Been, it's been way easier. <laughs> it's really way easier. It's a uh, it's an outstanding suggestion. Uh, my last uh, my last thought on the game was like I for the first time in a while I would say since maybe even eleven like maybe since twenty eleven. Obviously the Phillies went through obviously the worst period of baseball ever. Well maybe not ever, but it felt like it. I totally trusted them in extra innings to win a game. Like I just, I, oh. I just, I just did. Like they, the, the bowl, obviously it's the Mets, especially coming from you. I mean, you're Mister Never Think They're Going to Win Anything Ever. I know, game guy. I know, but I just, I just, it was one of those things where I was like, oh. this is, this is this Mets bullpen. This team feels special. They're gonna get it done. I'm not worried about it. Um, and you know, Jay Bruce comes up big. I mean, Segura had monstrous hits all night long, the home run, and then he has the double. Um, pretty good for a guy that doesn't hustle. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he had a big series. Man. He, he big had a series. He Franco, had a had, you series. know, uh, uh, not this game, but Franco had a monster series. Bruce. Had a big series. Cesar. Oh, Hoskins. How about Hoskins homering in back-to-back games again? That was fun. I mean, Cesar, Cesar had the longest. Cesar, yeah. Six uh, six straight games, right, with two hits or more. And that was the longest streak. That was the longest streak since Utley. Chase in uh, in 08, I think it was, yeah. right? Or, wow. And That's had, crazy. And he had the he had the hustle single in, in one of those games. Like, it was, like, they, they were, they looked like a team that gave a crap. Um, they looked like a team that was hungry and wanted to fight. And even when they went down, I just, I just, knew, I just knew they were going to find a way to win. And even today, even today when they See, went down, here's the thing that where you're going, I did yesterday too. In game three, I agree with you. In extra innings, I thought we're winning this game. Like I feel like they're going to take this. Today, I didn't. Today, I thought they were going to win when it was one nothing. I really did. But when they went down three one in the ninth, I was like, all right. I was like three or four. That's what I expected anyway. This is how it happens. Okay. You didn't. You believed. I believed. Oh, I know. <laughs> how could we? How could we forget? Um, I, I just feel like we we absolutely have to talk about this from Game Three. Um, how about how about a little bit of shout out here to uh, one Mickey Calloway? Uh, I would just like to oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> taking out Vargas. Se- oh my God. Seventy-seven pitches, and you're taking and out strikeouts. Yeah. How, first of all, how does Jason Vargas strike us out ten? How does he strike out anyone ten let's, times? Let's, it's let's, unbelievable. Let's not talk about the negatives. Let's focus on the positives here. And the positives being Mickey, Mickey Calloway. Um, big time. Mickey Calloway wow. is the Mickey Calloway, who by the time this podcast is out, might have already lost his job. Mickey Calloway is like the second most important Mickey in all of uh, professional baseball, behind Mickey Moniak. And I would just like to say thank you. I mean, the fact that you're pulling Jason Vargas after 77 pitches and and he was absolutely baffling the Phillies hitters. They had no idea what they were doing. It looked like they had absolutely no game plan, which was mildly frustrating. But um, uh, just again, Mickey, thank you for just gifting us this series. Um, you are you are truly a treasure, and I hope you stay the Mets manager forever. Yeah, well, that's absolutely not happening. I hope you could save Mets manager for the rest of the season. I'll take that. All right, uh, game four. For, let's start at the top. In my opinion, at least the best Nola we've seen yet this year. Yeah, and it was a good. It was a good um, uh, follow up to his game last Friday night. Uh, and listen, I, he the, the the plan is there. I still think he throws a lot of curveballs, and I think he throws a lot of curveballs when there's runners on base because I don't think he. Totally trust his fastball just yet, but um, warm weather Nola is a thing that was most. It's com- a thing. Yeah, it is so- I, for the first time that like started getting floated earlier this year, and I know it's been mentioned before, but people really were were kind of hard. And I was like, "Come on, guys, come on!" It's just true. <laughs> it just is what it is. Yeah, and he was, and the, listen, this team is sure. If if they lost today, you're still feeling good because of because of three or four, but just being able to sweep. And, and and having that momentum heading into the Marlins series, having this team believing more and more in the bamboo, like I just think that's that's huge. And their ace delivered. Their ace really, really delivered. And if we're gonna get this Nola that we've seen in the last two starts, that's that could be the difference in a division race. That could be us locking up the second wild card. Like you need this version of Aaron Nola. And if you're gonna get the guy that we saw today, 
that the, the the this team is just everything else just falls into place because then you can go get another pitcher to pair with Nola. You can have Nola start a wild card game. I would feel really good if I'm having that Nola start me in a wild card game in a one game playoff. I mean, you know he can pitch anywhere because he stays calm regardless. So um, playoff Nola is back on, and uh, yeah, we just I, need we just needed to be an unseasonably hot October in Philly. Mm, anywhere we could play if they have to go yeah. on the road. What's the ideal road city? Well. That- Los Angeles is not bad but for Nola, I would say. But obviously, they're not going to make the wild card game. No, I know. That was the issue. San Diego, uh, unlikely. No, the Diamondbacks, Cubs. still it could, fighting. It could still, be, it, it could still be hot in Chicago. It could could still be on Chicago. Um, Milwaukee, St. Louis, yeah, maybe. St. Louis can get um, a little muggy. We just got to root for, you know, hot weather, wherever yeah. it is. Wherever some, we're at. Some weird, weird El Nino type of thing. Yeah, That's t- what we need. Totally. So um, He was nasty. The, he, was he was nasty. nasty. The, the change-up, I'm glad that it's all, it's all starting to come together. His location is fastball is much better. Uh, had a nice presence about him. Had a nice... Uh, like once he, when he, when he finally, when he gets in a rhythm, he stays in a rhythm. His pace, I felt like this year has just been a lot slower. He's been way slowed down. So that was a, a good thing to see. And man, just, I can't stress enough how important that version of Nola is to the 2019 Phils. Yeah, it's massive. And it's the thing that we, you know, we talk so much about counting on and we haven't been able to count on it, but last two starts, about 15 innings, one run, uh, 20 strikeouts. He's been awesome. 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 And, um, Again, if he could start and get on a roll and give him, you know, like he did last year where he gives him like 10 starts in a row like this or or 10 similar-ish type of starts, man, what a long way that would go, Jack. What a long way that would go. Um, I, again, and then this one really, you know, kind of quiet all game. Harper, it's that monster home run, 630, 438. It feels like, it feels like when, it, you've said this before multiple times, but if he gets a hold of it, it's just gonna go out of any stadium like it doesn't matter where it is it's gonna be a home run yeah and that's the problem i mean like he his all of his exit velo numbers are great uh like the problem is he's got to make contact when when harper makes contact the ball flies that's just that's just facts the guy the guy is smoking the ball he just has to make consistent contact and honestly i was frustrated his first two at bats because like i, I saw his hip yeah was, the, the second was such a bad strikeout too yeah and his, his hip was gliding forward it looks like he, he just wasn't able to catch up to 94 and then obviously the home run catched up to 97 it was a good sign and like i thought the first two bats of the game it was like oh no here we go another bad bryce streak um uh, and listen i just where i'm at with bryce is like he's he's just too good to be as average as he's been this season and yeah i think we got a hot streak coming well i mean we've been saying that for months like we've been, i know just i know just but do it, i man. still believe I, I, believe, I believe I believe it's all in there too. I just think he's done so much tinkering that he doesn't know what's right and what's wrong. And hopefully he just watches some tapes, sees what he do, did on that fastball today, and starts catching up to him because this team has been brutal against fastballs this season, especially Bryce. Like his, it's just down all around. Um, and I just I, I hope that that was a nice little turning point for him because. Like he just, I need him to get going. I need a Bryce Hodge. Yeah, streak. watch tape, Bryce. I know it's not your thing. Well, watch some that's tape. Not, that's not totally true. It's, it's he watches actually a lot of tape and takes too much coaching. The the oh, the, really? the article is actually wrong. Just from a Ooh, just from a little okay. little uh, birdie. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, All right, he, so too much coaching. He he he. Li- some say he listens too much and hmm. and doesn't just. He does his own. He doesn't do the curveball machine thing because he does so much like back in the cages and whatnot. But it's he does watch a lot of film apparently. All right, well, watch some film, figure it out, Bryce. Um, Franco getting to the ninth. Uh, just first of all, that at bat by Cesar was huge to work that walk. That was just a great at bat. Um, and then Franco, like, like you know, look, uh, we've we've already said how we feel about Franco, but he was awesome. This week and credit when due, he had a great week and it was awesome. I, I'm not swimming my, back to the recently reemerged Franco Island yet, but um, nice week for Franco. Big big series there, and then uh, and then Segura, man. You know, look, it's been talking a lot about that three week stretch. I don't think anyone other than Gabe Kapler had it worse, both in terms of his play and in terms of all the noise around him than Segura. Um, nice to see him, you know, have some really big hits this series. Yeah. I mean, just this team, this team showed 
resiliency, I think, for the first time in the Gabe Kapler era. Like the the real, real true resilience, tangible resilience, and a team that was fighting and a, t- a team that was hungry. And thank God, man, because I was not ready for a whole summer of meaningless baseball once again. Awesome. I know, I know, they're only on pace for eighty six wins, but I just think that I just think this series is massive from uh, a fight standpoint, a learning how to win standpoint, and so many players contributed. It wasn't even the big players, the little players. The bullpen came together. Starting pitching wasn't great, but I think a lot of that had to do with the weather and the humidity and the ball just flying out of the yard. Going to give them a pass there. Listen, revenge against the Marlins. How about that? Revenge against the Marlins. Big series coming up. And then then after that, to Atlanta and then to New York to finish out before the All-Star break. We'll obviously dive into the Atlanta series next week. But um, coming up, in a minute, we're going to get to our final thoughts. But first, we got a special guest. Jack got the opportunity to sit down and talk to the one, the only Josh Bonifay, the farm director for the Phillies. Uh, and as you can imagine, it was probably hard for Jack to contain himself talking to the farm a, director. I had a lot of, of stuff I wanted to ask. Phillies. I had so much I wanted to ask. I didn't ask at all. Um, but we get into some fun stuff on the Phillies. So uh, I hope all you all right. enjoy it. I'm I'm excited to hear it myself. Here it is, Jack with Farm Director for the Philadelphia Phillies, Josh Bonifay. And now we are, are lucky to be joined by Josh Bonifay, the Phillies Farm Director. Josh, uh, how's it going, man? Outstanding. Um, loving, obviously loving being down here in Florida. Came down here to uh, see our young kids play. It was exciting yesterday, even though we played against each other. One team throwing on, no hitter. So I heard that, uh, but it was extremely fun to watch our kids play yesterday and compete. Uh, it's been a it's been a fun week. We've got a lot of draft kids down here, watching them get acclimated, and uh, you know it's always good to see the see the see the younger players play. Now, have you guys gotten uh, a bamboo plant down there yet? Like, are you guys starting to <laughs> to join that movement? No, we're we're we haven't uh, taken over the bamboo yet, but. Uh, I'm glad that bamboo is up in Philly right now. So. Yeah, it may have saved the season. Some are saying that it saved the, saved the season. So uh, it's definitely a fun time right now for sure. Yeah, well, you know how the baseball season, there's a lot of ups, a lot of downs. And, uh, you know, our our team, very, very good baseball team in Philly. And, uh, you know, we got a tremendous leader in Gabe. And these uh, players we have, they're going to be they're going to be fine. So it should be a fun rest of the year. So, Josh, how have your uh, first few months been with the the new organization? Obviously, you come over from the Houston Astros, which are, I mean, uh, player development just kings over there, and you're coming over to Philadelphia. Uh, you were named the farm director. How has how the first couple months been? Well, it's been tremendous. Obviously, you know, at first it's just getting to know all the staff, getting to know the people, um, you know, getting to know the, co- the, the coaches, uh, and then just kind of evaluating all the players. You know, there's so many players in the system. You want to get to know them. You read a lot of scouting reports. You you ask a lot of questions from the staff. Uh, you travel to the DR. Uh, you travel um, to Clearwater to see the complex. You just get to know your way around the land. Um, and you spend a lot of time during the offseason hiring uh, new people um, and just really getting to know the staff and the players. So it's been a tremendous experience. You know, for me so far, um, our players and our staff are tremendous. The culture here. Um, you know, the foundation was laid, laid by Mr. Montgomery. Unfortunately, he passed away, but, um, you know, it carries on and, uh, it's, a, it's just a phenomenal organization to be a part of. Now, have you noticed, um, you know, any similarities between what you were doing with the Astros or what they were doing player development wise to, uh, like what you guys are doing now? I, I mean, I just think that anytime you, you bring in somebody new, there's, there's different ideas and there's different things that you want to bring to the table. Um, and try to get implemented. I think uh, some of the things that we were doing over with the Astros at that point, um, obviously you bring you bring a few of those things with you. Uh, but you know you can't say enough about the Phillies organization. They've, they, they've it's been an organization that has developed young talent all the way from the bottom and filtered into Philly. And you know the, they've won World Series championships, and it's a tremendous place uh, to be a part of. So there's not. There's not a lot of change that you want to bring in. Um, it's just you know new ideas um, and certain things that you can improve on. But uh, you know the the tradition here is is always always been phenomenal and getting young players to the big leagues. 
Yeah, and one of those young players that I mean, everyone up here in Philadelphia is starting to get really excited about is is Alec Bohm. Just recently promoted to Reading, uh, had his first big league or first double A home run. I think it was Saturday. Um, so he's just continuing to crush the baseball wherever he goes. Uh, what have you seen from from Alec Bohm? And uh, are you surprised he's kind of? I mean, that's this is three three leagues in one year for him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a this is a tremendous player uh, with elite. Uh, bat speed and, and skill and um you know he plays a, a tremendous third base he did a phenomenal job coming in early this offseason preparing himself um after a short season last year uh he was down here in january working with all of our, our strength and conditioning staff all of our coaches uh, he put himself in a, in a tremendous spot to go to lakewood out of spring training uh played extremely well for a month went over to the florida state league continued his dominance um and is now in double-A. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just impressive to watch the kid work. It's impressive to watch the kid go about his business, his plans, his preparation, and what he does. Uh, and it's an exciting time for, for the kid, but also the organization. Yeah, and I mean, I think the mildly surprising thing was that he was named the Defender of the Month, uh, I think a month ago, so his defense seems like it's coming along uh, well, and hopefully he can definitely stick at third base, you think? Oh yeah, uh, no question about it. He, he's going to stick at their base. Um, he takes he takes a, a lot of pride in it, um, and he does a, a lot of work day in and day out to make sure that his feet continue to move. To make sure that you know he's he's um, you know moving well. He's feeling the ball cleanly, and his his arm is has got a lot of carry on it. So he's got plenty of arm to play third, and you know he's shown the ability to play third. And I don't see any question of why he would stick there. So what what is the the next step for Bohm? Is it uh, I mean, unless he gets really hot, like we could see him in the big leagues this year, most likely not. Uh, what, what what is your plan for him? Well, the plan is just for him to get reps and continue to play. Um, that's that's what we want to see him do. See him take at bats in Double A, um, you know, and take it step by step. There's no you know future of this or that. It's just let the kid tell you when when he's ready and and how how prepared he is and how he goes about his business and. You know, watching perform in Double A, and then obviously take a look at him throughout the rest of the year. Now, another guy that uh, fans are also getting excited about is Mickey Moniak. Uh, he's batting like two ninety three in June. He has an OBP uh, over three ninety. I'm pretty sure. Um, Moniak really seems like he's starting to to figure it out a little bit. I mean, you guys have been aggressive in how you've pushed him. I mean, him and Redding at twenty one. I think people forget how old Mickey Moniak is. He's only twenty one years old, um, and he's starting to he's starting to put it together a little bit. What have you seen from Mickey? I mean, Mickey's just done a tremendous job of dominating the strike zone. Uh, the ball's in the strike zone. He he punishes, and he punishes them hard. Um, he's limited his out-of-zone swings. He's really focused in on the zone. When he gets his pitch, he drives it. Um, people forget that he's, you know, he can play center field. He's going to be a, a an outstanding center fielder. Um, he has game-changing speed, and with his ability to, to uh, hit the baseball, you know, he's going to be a... a a future, the Phillies' future. I mean, he's he's outstanding player. Um, but that's the things that he's really controlled. He's really focused on, and um, he's done a lot of damage here in the last last month. Yeah, and it seems like he's starting to to walk a little bit more. So it seems like he's really starting to control control that strike zone um, a little bit. Uh, some of the moves you guys made this offseason in in player development, and one of the big moves was was bringing in Jason Ochart and a couple of other, other driveline guys. Um, how have the driveline guys, Ochart, like how have they been incorporated into um, your guys' minor league system? Well, we don't consider them driveline guys. We consider them the Phillies. Um, That's true. You know, I, yeah, we. They're 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 a part of us. They're, there's no separation. These guys come in. They they do a tremendous job, uh, especially with Ochart coming in, running our, our hitting um, in the minor leagues. You know he's got a strong presence and how he he teaches. He understands the technology, but he's also understands baseball. You know he's a, he was a baseball player. He understands the game. So um, he he really um, teaches our staff too uh, with some of the technologies. Helps them understand that helps the players see their swing see it through through different eyes um and he's been a tremendous addition also eric jaggers has been outstanding on the on the pitch design side he's come in um you know he's he's helped our pitching coaches take a look into edutronic uh footage and also the rap soda machine just kind of helping our guys see 
some of the spin, different spins and making recommendations and grips and some of those things. So uh, they've been great, great additions to the organization, um, and they continue to work. They grind day in and day out, and then we consider them coaches. They're not uh, not driveline or not anything else. They're just they're a part of our organization and their Philly. Yeah, it's it's been super exciting. Do they do they are they like in one spot or do they travel and go up to like Williamsport or go to Reading or Lehigh Valley or are they down in Florida? Kind of like what what where are they stationed? Uh, our guys they travel. Jason travels around. He's he's a hitting coordinator, so he's yeah. just like any other coordinator. He travels around, sees our players, um, you know, makes recommendations if he sees things that need to be changed. And and Jagers has started to travel a little more. At first, he was down here in Clearwater. Um, but he started to rove uh, a little bit through the through the minor leagues and getting all of our players uh, on film and just making sure that there's if there's anything that he can bring to the table. He brings to uh, our director of pitching, which is Chavi, um, and they work hand in hand to try to help you know better our pitching staff. So these guys, like I said, they work extremely hard um, and they rove throughout our system and make recommendations and. And uh, they do it with a lot of information and a lot of backing. So. Yeah, that's that's just awesome to hear. I, I, I was so excited this offseason when I saw they were bringing um, Ochard and, and those guys in. So that's that's really, really good to hear. Uh, now, one of the pitchers I wanted to, to touch on real quick is Damon Jones. I mean, the guy the guy's striking out everyone. He looks like he's a wipeout slider. Uh, I mean, just he looks like he just looks like a big horse of a lefty um what what have you guys seen from damon jones and any any chance maybe another another promotion well i mean i think damon jones like he took it upon himself this this offseason to go get in shape get um make sure he was healthy coming in um you know every day in and day out he works extremely hard he's starting to develop game planning he's starting to look at film understand what hitters weaknesses are and how he can attack them with his stuff um He's got a power fastball. Obviously, you talked about the slider. Uh, it's filthy. Continue to work on the changeup. But, uh, I mean, the kid's been very impressive. Uh, you know, if somebody's sitting on a, on a slider or trying that, he'll just blow him away with 95. Um, and it's very difficult from any anybody, any angle, especially his from the left side. Um, he's a big physical presence. He gets down the mound well, and he throws a lot of strikes. So it's been an exciting time for him, watching him. Um, and it was awesome to see his his first outing up in Reading. You know, he he put it on. Uh, I think it was Harrisburg pretty good with twelve punch outs <laughs> in six innings. So, yeah, I, I I am very excited for the Damon Jones development. And final question, Josh. Uh, looks like Bryson Stott is officially signed. Uh, what kind of player do you guys uh, envision there in Bryson Stott? Uh, it's a pure shortstop. I mean, he's uh, he's going to be a shortstop. He's going to be able to swing the bat. He swings the bat very well. Um, See him coming in, getting ready to play. Um, once he, you know, gets his feet up under him, I know he's had some time off, and we'll see where we where we slide him. But it's going to be an exciting player, everyday shortstop in the future that can really swing the bat. So we are very excited to have him in our organization. Yeah, I mean, were you guys surprised that he that he fell to fourteen? <laughs> I think when he got there, we were very excited to take him. Yeah, I mean, so, I would, I would have uh, been, I would have been running. Now, did Matt Klensak, Did he run up to the to the phone to call Tommy Green, or do you not not know that? Well, I, I'm not privy to that. If he did, uh, no. Um, you know, I think Johnny Johnny Alvarez is the one that that made the made the decision. I guess obviously with with Matt and and the the leadership group. Yeah, and you know i think they were we were excited very excited just to have him at 14 well i i ran to to tweet out how excited <laughs> i was so so I, I took i took that privilege uh josh bonifay thanks a bunch for hopping on man and uh continued success and uh thanks for thanks for hopping on yes sir thank you very much Jack, you didn't ask him about you joining the team. I thought that was the lock for a question. Listen, if you were there with me, I would have asked it because then it wouldn't just be me acting like a crazy person. <laughs> it would have been weird, I think. Like, in that setting, it would have been weird. Hey, Josh, uh, you want an 82-mile-an-hour hurler that is <laughs> slightly overweight and drinks a lot of IPAs? I'm your guy. I really that was excited, that question. That was a question I legit expected you mm. to ask. In jest, obviously. Yes. But. It's okay. So good stuff. I, I really enjoyed that, Jack. And uh, I hope you all did as well as uh, we're a guest show. That's what we do here. I wanted to be on the the interview, but Jack said, "Screw you! You're not allowed. This is my interview." Yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't get the bombers that I do. 
No, it's true. You are the king of boomers. Speaking of boomers, <laughs> final thoughts. Jeff. Well, speaking of boomers, he did go yard tonight. So <laughs> don't let the kid get hot. Um, speaking of of me and working for the Phillies, uh, they are looking for bullpen pitchers that can come I in. Saw this can come in and throw hard bullpens. I will come in. By and the way, I love this idea. Like, I don't know why more teams don't do this. I think it's a really smart idea. Yeah, because it's hard to find guys that'll throw live and throw well sure. live. So um, yeah, if you're good enough to throw live at that level, you're pitching in. You know, right. Some sort of pro ball type of league or the minors or whatever. But how about a former Division II pitcher that yeah. can still get up to like 82? Um, so I would Maybe. just like to say that I will. I'm I am officially throwing my hat into the ring. Uh, we're gonna call we're gonna call the hashtag um, Fritz for BP pitcher. How about that? It's not really a catchy hashtag. Well, how how am I supposed to make that catchy? I don't know. Fritz for BP is probably just better. Well, I only throw BP when I pitch anyway, so if so facto, I will make the Phillies bats get hot. Uh, Fritz for BP. I like that. It's good. It's a little alliterative with the Fritz for part of it. Yeah. Uh, my second final thought is, did Matt Gelb save the season? Um, so Matt Gelb wrote on Monday about how the Phillies um, struggle to slug against the fastball. And that night, the Gabe was like, "Yeah, we're gonna change our approach and only focus on on hitting fastballs." So I would like to thank Matt Gelb for saving the Philly season. Is Matt Gelb a bamboo tree? Because if not, he did not save the season. But Just Matt Gelb did get them to change their offensive philosophy. With- <laughs> Where did the bamboo do it, Jax? Mm-hmm. You'll never be able to tell me it wasn't the bamboo. That's I'm gonna, all I'm gonna go, say. I'm gonna go with Gelby on this one. I, he saved the season. Go with Gelb. I'll go with the bamboo. It, this could have this could have been like the the Jenkins going to Jim Schwartz in the Giants game and saying, "Hey, let's uh, let's let's figure let's out the defense. Simple. Let's make this simple, guys. Let's make this work. Hunt after fastballs. So you can say bamboo. I'm going with Gelb. Deal. And my final final thought. Well, my first final thought before my actual final thought is Rising is well, he did sign today, and I did see him, and we did ride an elevator together. I didn't see. Oh, yeah. Oh, the heat in that elevator. That must have been something. Well, I didn't really say anything. I kind of just stood in the corner and listened to him talk to his dad, I think, because I didn't want to say anything and sound like an idiot. Um, <laughs> like, I didn't know if I wanted to say, like, hey, Bryson, you changed your swing like before your senior year. Like, it's really <laughs> impressive. Or before your junior year. Like, what, what if I was like, yeah, it really worked on your launch angle before your junior year. It's really, really impressive. Well, this is an awkward elevator ride. This would have been the problem because, like, I, I, <laughs> I've watched a good amount of the collegiate series, the USA versus the world in that, oh my God. in that he was in and his swing looked different in that. And then he goes back to UNLV and has a way smoother I want, swing. I watched a good amount of the collegiate series. It, you are something Jack. I, I've watched a, a lot of the collegiate series. And uh-huh. I, if I said to him in the elevator, I watched a lot of your USA games and I noticed a swing change. What's going on. I'm pretty sure he would have just forced the open door and left. Oh, immediately. Yeah. Immediately. You would have terrified him. So that was my experience with the Bryson Stott today. And hopefully we hopefully we'll maybe get him on the pod. Hopefully that'd be fun. I would like to talk to Bryson uh, in not an elevator setting. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. It, less creepy, I think, too. <laughs> uh, obviously 1,000 reviews or no, 1,000 ratings, and we will uh, release the Bryce Harper is Never Coming Here podcast. Um, and we are two We are two ratings away, or three at this point, from officially being the highest-rated Phillies podcast on the net. Uh, so Aww, obviously we appreciate, appreciate all of you listening um, yes, and rating you. and reviewing. And it, I mean, it's just the best thing in the world. And it is the best my thing. final, final thought is that there is no one whose name fits them better than Brooks Pounders. Um, <laughs> if I if I had never seen Brooks Pounders before in my life and only heard that name, I hope that he looked like that. Yeah, it's a perfect looks like what your name is type of guy. Very with you on that. All right, Jack, my final thought. It's uh, quick. It's easy. It's a uh, congratulations that I would like to wish to the starting first baseman. <laughs> For the American League. In the All-Star Game, wow. Jack. Shout out to Carlos Santana. Former Phillies that? great Carlos How Santana. How about that? How about that? So let me ask you a question. What if they just made him the full-time third baseman this season? 
I I would love it. Are you kidding me? Oh. In, in. What could have been? Shout out to shout out to Los. I'm yes. happy for him. He was uh he was not loved here. No, they uh, love him in Cleveland. He's doing well. So shout out to Los Santana. Hey, you know how many starting uh, Phillies that all stars there are, Jack? None. None. There's but none. none. But but but. It's all right. They get a break. They get the time off. It's probably better for them. Which is more important, making some meaningless all-star game or taking your bamboo at home and getting ready for the second half? It's a great point. Thank you. That's all that matters. All right. We'll be back next week. We will dive in to the Atlanta Braves series. Thank you again to Josh Bonifay for coming on. Super cool. Rate and review the podcast. Get your tickets to IOP night because it's going to be awesome. All right. Until next time, he's Fritz. I'm Seltzer. We'll talk to you later.